think I'm right in saying that that one note is an A. Are you, are you up for trying an A? Hilary, can you play an A for us? Wow, that's a good A. Are we all going to sing A? A. Let's listen to everybody. Do it again. A. I think we're all singing in harmony. But in unison, which is harmony in my book as well, it's all the same note. That's great. That is what our sermon is about today and about our reading is about today. It's about finding that unity, finding coming together, all using our gifts and coming with a purpose, that we are all involved in the purposes that God has for us and all included in his life and in his love. All is the word that I'm going to be preaching on. And if you go away with nothing else today, all is, I hope, is what you remember. Well, it all started with one man who had been driven out of his home country and now is living in exile. Nehemiah was his name. But God placed a passion in his heart to go back to Jerusalem and to rebuild the broken walls of God's city. But God knew that that purpose was not just for him, it was for all people to come home and to be rebuilt into a new community where God was worshipped as Lord of all. And over the past six weeks here at Christchurch, we've been seeing the unfolding of God's purpose And now the building project is complete. The work is done and the people are settled in their towns and it's time to celebrate. As we hear part of chapter 8 now read by Graham, let's listen out for that word all. It happens so many times in this reading. It's like a recurring musical phrase that runs through a symphony and you come back to it time and time again. I think the writer wants to make a point. Graham, do you like to read that passage for us? Thank you. Of Nehemiah and going into chapter 8 of the prophet Nehemiah. When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon, as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. Beside him on his right stood Matithiah, Shema, Anaiah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Maseah, and on his left were Pedeah, Mishael, Malkijah, Hashem, Hashbadanah, Zechariah, and Meshalom. There's more to come, folks. Ezra opened the book 
All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Barney, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akab, Sherebitai, Hodiah, Maseah, Kalita, Azariah, Jozabad, Hanan, and Peliah instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to the Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food and celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. Thanks be to God. Amen. We all should have been having that reading together. Don't you think we should give it a go? (laughs) Well, how many alls were there? I don't know. I didn't actually count them. But I do know that the reading began with all the people Thousands of them were all gathered together in one square, in the square. It must have been like, you know, the sort of proms in the park and this massive gathering of people spread out all over the place. I hope they had a good sound system and a good technician as Richard uh, to sort it all out. But it was great. A great vision, a great spectacle of all God's people together. And it was interesting that they, the people, asked uh, and told Ezra, the scribe, who is also the priest and the one who was reading, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel to have. It was probably the first five books of, the, uh, of our Bible, the Pentateuch. Uh, and it not, it's not just a book of laws. What it meant by that was all the stories all the accounts of God's greatness and the way in which he had, from the beginning, created all things. How even when the people rebelled, God did not reject them. The great stories of God's rescuing people through Moses from slavery in Egypt and brought them through the wilderness to keep his promise to give them a land of their own. As Joseph and his Technicolor dream coat makes clear. Well, the people asked for this to be read. Why was that, I wonder? Well, maybe deep down they knew that they were where they were, not because of what they had done or their hard work or because it was just meant to be, as I hear some people saying about things that happen in life. 
but rather because there was a God who was at work in them and through them in all things, working for their good and for his glory. Maybe they knew it really was all about God, ultimately. Well, they all stood up. They stood uh, and listened attentively. They stood for a long time, from daybreak until noon. (laughs) A long time. And they all listened, all meaning the women, the men, the young people, the children. In fact, it says, all who could understand. Understand enough. And not who of the children don't love the stories that we hear in some of those Old Testament books. But they could all see Ezra on his wooden platform, the forerunner of pulpits. And he opened the book. And the first thing that he did was to praise the Lord. And he shouted out, Praise, and he shouted out prayer, and all the people shouted, Amen, Amen. They all together, with one voice, echoed this great sense of, God, you are the one we're here for today. And then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. You sometimes see in mosques or in great gatherings of Muslims that same position of kneeling with their heads and faces down to the ground. An awesome sight because God was worthy of total abandonment and worship, of reverence. Their hearts were filled with that fear of the Lord that we were thinking about last week. The fear of the Lord, that holiness of God that covered everything else that was happening in their lives. They listened, and they listened to God's word being read. However, we know that just listening and reading the Bible is not enough. How many of us have read parts of the Old Testament and just wondered, what on earth was that about? You know, it's so difficult to get God's word requires explanation and instruction. And we see the Levites, who I'm not going to name, the Bible scholars of their day, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. It's the purpose of a sermon. We hope will bring some light on God's word. It's what happens in our home groups. It's so important to gather around because it's not... Bible study and understanding the Bible isn't just an individual thing. Yes, you can look it up on a Bible app or you can read your Bible reading notes, which is great, but the real value of understanding the Bible is done in small groups with others. And so it was that the people helped one another through the interaction and instruction of the Levites to understand that word. And it's clear that God's Spirit brought alive God's word. As they began to see, not only with their minds, but with the eyes of their hearts, they were moved to tears. Tears of sorrow. As maybe they recalled and were reminded how they'd forgotten sometimes the Lord, their God. How he wasn't really part of their everyday life. 
as it had been reduced to rituals and ceremonies, and their heart for God had grown cold. Maybe they hadn't all gathered for worship week by week. It just wasn't a top priority for them anymore. Maybe they hadn't been giving their tithes and offerings as the Lord is worthy of. They just sort of gave him the leftovers from what they had. Not the best and the first of what God was worthy of bringing. And they were weeping. They were weeping with sorrow. All of them, it says. So it was getting a bit emotional. And uh, we don't really like emotion in church, do we? We just want everything nice and orderly and uh, sorted out. And yet, I see week after week, people here in the church centre moved to tears when we're worshipping, when we're coming together, listening to God's word and reflecting on it. And I think that's an amazing thing. I absolutely want to say, please don't ever think crying in church or any, anywhere else is something that should be restrained or thought shouldn't be doing that. Because we're human beings with frail hearts, with hurting hearts and lives. Things happen in life. And when we're confronted with things of real significance, as we are in church, that affect the deepest and most significant parts of who we are. We're bound, if we're human and if we're alive, to express that emotionally. I'd rather encourage you just to bring some good tissues rather than stop crying. Because it's part of God's gift to us. The gift of tears, as the ancients used to call it. And it's an expression of what is deep within and it brings release and healing. It's a very wonderful thing. Well, at this point, Nehemiah joins Ezra along with the Levites and helps the people to move through their tears. Why? How? Because they rekindled hope. They rekindled hope. They brought a fresh perspective to their weeping by pointing them back to the God who had not forgotten them, who had not rejected them, but who was the God who would be the source of their new life in the community, in this community of faith, in this community that was connected both with God and with one another. It was a connected community of all ages. And it's significant we've now changed the name of our children's work from connect to connected. (laughs) Because they are connected with God and connected with each other as our vision for this church is. That we are all connected in that way, in love. Nehemiah himself had persevered through so much. And he was able to remind them in one of the most well-known phrases of the scriptures, that the joy of the Lord would be their strength, that they would know that joy, and that joy would be a sense of energy and life and enable them to keep on keeping on through the tough times. The joy of the Lord was their strength. That was the promise. And in verse 12 we read that all the people went away to eat and drink and celebrate with great joy because now, it says, they understood 
the words that had been made known to them. What had they understood? They understood that God was faithful. They understood now that God was gracious and could be trusted. He had forgiven them through their amazing, his amazing grace. They had understood, not just with their minds, but somehow in their hearts, that God was for them, that he had a future for them, and he had plans to bless them all. But God was rebuilding his people just in the same way that they had rebuilt the walls. They were a people rebuilt. And it was because of what God had done and was doing through the tears. This is the God present with us in Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, it says in the Bible, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Same God who was there with Nehemiah and his people then, 450 years before Christ. Same God present now. It's an awesome thing. God present with us now. Same God. And this same God is building communities of faith all over the world. We call them local churches. And here in Christ Church, God is building people together in love. We are being built into a community where all, without exception, have a purpose. And our primary purpose is to worship God with all our hearts, with all our souls, all our minds, and with all our strength. To worship him week by week, day by day, gathering together to honour him because he's worthy of all our praise. And just as all people, God's people in Nehemiah's day were involved in rebuilding the walls, so all of us have a part to play in rebuilding God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Using our different gifts, all of us, contributing to resourcing the life of this church through all of us being involved in prayerful, planned giving, through giving our time, our talents, and our tithes. All of us, without exception, who are members who are part of Christ church. That's God's vision for his church, where we're all playing our part in this great orchestra, that makes beautiful music in the world. We can't be part of this without playing our part. Otherwise we're not part of it. So all are involved and we're part of God's mission to build one another up and rebuild what is broken in our society. And our daily work, all is part of that, whether it's in education, whether it's in social services, working in the police force, or in the armed forces, or whether it's in the local beaches around our coast, coast guards, or lifeguards, people who are in finance or IT, healthcare or industry, whatever voluntary sector it might be, or charity work you're doing, even those in nursing homes who can't come to church have a part to play 
by a generous smile and a thank you and the prayers that they offer. Every one of us is playing our part. And it's into this community that little Lydia is going to be welcomed this morning through baptism. Christ Church is a very diverse community and Lydia, as you grow up and get to know people here, it will be a very weird experience. Some very funny people, I can tell you. Some very wonderful people and all people who are loved and are seeking to love. We are united, though, by one truth, proclaimed loud and clear in God's word, that life is all about God. And like the one note that if all our members of the orchestra are are tuned into, we will find our meaning and our joy by being tuned in to God. And we pray that you, Lydia, as you become able to understand, will make that connection for yourself. Although parents and godparents, great-grandparents and everybody else who's part of your nurture will play their part and help you on that journey towards God, in his love, God gives you, Lydia, a choice. And it's the choice he gives to every single one of us. It's the frightening freedom to choose to connect or not. And the booklet that you have at the end of the pews there, it's called Making a Connection. It's by J. John, and he sets out very, very clearly there some of the scriptures that help us understand more about God's invitation to connect with him and helps us to understand what that might involve for different people. There are verses there from the Bible, but there is, of course, explanation needed. And the explanation is given. But just as in Nehemiah's day, that word will only make any difference for any of us if we choose to respond. And encourage you, if you'd like to, to take that book home with you or read it yourself, give it to a friend and have it as a gift from Christ Church on this special day. But for all who do respond in faith, there is the promise The amazing promise that we might know a purpose, a new purpose, a new life. We might have strength to keep going, to keep on keeping on, and to know the joy that comes from serving a God who is with us and for us. So may the joy of the Lord be our strength. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.